Well, good morning, everyone. Welcome to Worship Fusion. Hear the word of the Lord from Psalm 40. I waited patiently for the Lord. He turned to me and heard my cry. He lifted me out of the slimy pit, out of the mud and the mire. He set my feet on a rock and gave me a firm place to stand. He put a new song in my mouth, a hymn of praise to our God. Many will see and fear the Lord and put their trust in him. Amen. Let's sing together this song. Alone in my sorrow and dead in my sin Lost without hope with no place to begin Your love made a way to let mercy come in When death was arrested, my life began Ash was redeemed, only beauty remains. My orphan heart was given a name. My morning grew quiet, my feebles advanced. When death was arrested, my life began. Oh, your grace, oh, your grace, so free, washes all. I'm a prisoner no more. My shame was a ransom he faithfully bore. He canceled my debt and he called me his friend. When death was arrested, my life began. Oh, your grace so free washes over. Savior displayed on a criminal's cross. Darkness rejoiced as though heaven had lost. But then Jesus arose with our freedom in hand. That's when death was arrested, my life began.
Well, hello once again. We wanted to take a moment to thank you for your faithful giving. We give out of gratitude for what the Lord has given us. There are online options as well as drop-off points at the church. Please stay tuned after the service for our church announcements. And now please pray with me using the words of Psalm 40. Let all who seek you rejoice and be glad in you. Let those who love your salvation say continually, the Lord be magnified. Since I am afflicted and needy, let the Lord be mindful of me. You are my help and my deliverer. Do not delay, O oh my God. Lord, thank you for your word that acknowledges we are a people in need and that you are our help and our deliverer. We come to you confessing that we have fallen short of who you would have us to be in our relationships, our thoughts, our priorities, and in how we value other human beings. We confess our sins to you at this time. Lord, hear our prayer. Thank you for your grace and for your presence. We pray for those who are suffering the effects of COVID-19. We pray for health, wisdom, and productive research. Lord, please bring fruitful change in the area of racial disparity. We know that you love all your children, and we pray that we will see each other in the ways that you do. We pray for Fusion Watershed and the Search for Campus Pastors, as well as Pastor Bill as he leads Celebration, and Pastor Aaron and Pastor Luke too. Lord, we lift up those in our lives and our congregation who we name silently right now who need you. And we conclude by praying the prayer our Father taught us to pray. Join with me, please. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen.
Thank you, worship team, and good morning, Fusion community. We are live, which means if I make any mistakes, we can't edit it out this time. We're trapezing without a net, and I love it. It's good to be back in the moment. Welcome to worship this morning. I want to remind you that next week, we are beginning in-person worship. And, and we invite you, of course, but we, if you don't feel comfortable coming, um, we, you can also uh, log on to live stream. Uh, and there will be safety protocols in place, and we'd ask you to adhere to them and be mindful of them as you come next week. But we do invite you to join us for in-person worship next week. This morning, we continue our series through the Psalms. And our psalm for today lands on Psalm chapter 42, a, a relevant psalm in this current season and moment I think we're in. Hear the word of the Lord from Psalm 42. As the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, my God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. Where can I go and meet with God? My tears have been my food day and night, while people say to me all day long, Where is your God? These things I remember as I pour out my soul. How I used to go to the house of God under the protection of the Mighty One with shouts of joy and praise among the festive throng. Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise Him, my Savior and my God. My soul is downcast within me. 
Therefore, I will remember you from the land of the Jordan to the heights of Hermon, from Mount Miser. Deep calls to deep in the roar of your waterfalls. All your waves and breakers have swept over me. By day the Lord directs his love. At night his song is still with me. A prayer to the God of my life. I say to God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? Why must I go about mourning, oppressed by the enemy? My bones suffer mortal agony as my foes taunt me, saying to me all day long, where is your God? Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. And this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. According to the courageous, daring, and ruggedly handsome survivalist, Bear Grylls, perhaps you've heard of him, water is the most vital element needed for survival. Fire is good. Shelter is good. But if you do not have suitable means of rehydration, they are useless because you won't last very long to use them. Without water, the average person, did you know this, can only live three days on average. We can last roughly three weeks without food, but without water, we can only last three days. Water is, as, 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 is vital for almost every bodily function. Did you know that? I didn't know that. And I did some research for you all this past week about the importance of water on the body. Check this out. Water regulates body temperature through sweating and breathing. Water aids the digestive system by forming saliva and breaking down food. Water moistens mucous membranes. I'll let you think about that one. I don't know what that means. Water lubricates joints and the spinal cord. Water helps the brain make and use certain hormones. Water helps transport toxins out of cells. Water eliminates waste. Water helps to deliver oxygen throughout the body. Water is, is an essential element that the body needs to survive. Our bodies are so dependent on water that when we don't have it, our whole body agonizingly screams for it. We thirst for it. Have you ever known real thirst? Perhaps in this 90 degree heat we've been having these past few days? Have you ever known real thirst? Charlotte Delbeau has known real thirst. Charlotte Delbeau is a French writer and she's known most for her haunting descriptions of the time she spent in Auschwitz concentration camp and she describes her experience with thirst. I've been thirsty for days, writes Delbeau. Thirsty to the point of losing my mind. To the point of being unable to eat because there was no saliva in my mouth. My parched lips were splitting. My gums had become swollen. My tongue was like a piece of wood. Without water, our bodies painfully break down. Without water, we cannot go on. And I find it striking that the psalmist uses this image of longing for water to describe his spiritual thirst for God. The psalmist likens his bodily anguish for water to his inner anguish for God like water to refresh his thirsty soul. As the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, my God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. The psalmist's spiritual life is parched, dry, desert-like, and dusty. The psalmist's spiritual life is like a cloth that has been wrung out so much that no moisture remains. The psalmist longs for spiritual nourishment. 
And the only moisture the psalmist can find are his own tears. <laughs> my tears have been my food day and night. Those salty little droplets are doing little to quench his agonizing thirst. The psalmist's soul is thirsty for what he considers the essential element for survival. The living God, like water. The psalmist might have a sip of water. The psalmist appears to be in a season where God seems distant. To the psalmist, God's presence seems absent. The psalmist is, is turning on worship music on the morning commute on the way to work, but it's not stirring his heart. <laughs> the psalmist is going to the Bible study on, on Wednesdays, and he's opening his Bible, and he's engaging the conversations, but the words seem to go in one ear and out the other. The psalmist is going to the prayer meeting on Thursday nights, but there's a feebleness to his amen. The psalmist is experiencing a season of spiritual drought. And like the Israelites, when they wandered through the dry, scorching desert, the psalmist begins to question, when, where, why? A common response to spiritual thirst. When can I go and meet with you, God, Christ, the psalmist? Perhaps the psalmist is exiled from God's house or somehow kept from going to God's house, adding to his spiritual thirst. When can I go and be with you, Lord? When can I go to your presence? Because I'm not feeling it here where I am. Where is your God? Shout the people around him. A question that the psalmist himself is struggling to answer. When can I go and meet with you, God? Where are you, God? Why is my soul downcast within me? Why am I so disturbed? The psalmist, in a season of spiritual dryness, struggles to make sense of it all. When is this going to pass? Where is God? Why am I so internally empty? Why have you forgotten me, Lord? There was a time when I didn't feel like this. Why do I suddenly feel like it now? Why do you seem so distant, so absent? The psalmist is in a season of spiritual drought. If you have ever experienced a season of a thirsty soul, or if you currently find yourself in a season of being spiritually dry, stop, <laughs> breathe, <sighs> because you're not the only one. <laughs> it's not just you. If the psalmist, a biblical author, can experience a thirsty soul for the things of God, then so can we. Jeremiah, the prophet, he was called the weeping prophet because time and time again, he weeped at the apparent absence of God's presence. The apostle Paul, when he's teaching young Timothy how to endure as a leader, he says, preach the word, Timothy, in season when your heart is on fire and God seems incredibly close. And he says, Timothy, preach the word out of season when God doesn't seem so close and the fire of faith sort of feels more like hot embers. A season of spiritual dryness is a common experience on the journey of faith. Perhaps some of you have heard of Mother Teresa. She's pretty famous. But Mother Teresa was an Albanian nun who died in 1997. 
And she was a tour de force in radically caring for the poor on the streets of Calcutta. She wasn't perfect, of course. She made her mistakes, and her critics like to point that out. But Mother Teresa is often held up as this sort of glowing example of who by word and deed lived the faith that she professed. So much so that she was canonized as a saint in the Roman Catholic Church in 2016, Saint Teresa of Calcutta. But in the years following Mother Teresa's death, her close companions made a shocking discovery. As they uncovered her personal journals and correspondence, they learned that throughout her life and ministry, Mother Teresa experienced intense seasons of spiritual thirst. Mother Teresa, this glowing example, this saint, are you kidding? One entry captures this. The place of God in my soul is blank, wrote Mother Teresa. There is no God in me when the pain of longing is so great. I just long and long for God. Even the most saintly among us have known the psalmist's thirst, longing for the refreshing nourishment of God to, to bring refreshment to a thirsty soul. And obviously this raises questions, well, why do we go through seasons of drought? Why do we go through seasons of spiritual thirstiness? And some far wiser folks than I have tried to answer the what and the why of a season of soul thirst. Some say it's the result of unrepentant sin, that our satisfaction is, is elsewhere and not in God. Maybe that's true for some of us. Others say that, that a season of spiritual dryness is the result of being overwhelmed by life circumstances, that we can't reach beyond our immediate challenges, and that might be true in this current season and moment we're in. But the wisest have suggested that God in his fatherly wisdom uses seasons of spiritual longing to grow us in his direction. And this is a truth that Mother Teresa learned later in her life, that God uses seasons of spiritual longing to grow us in his direction. You see, seasons are temporary. They don't last forever. And when a season of nourishment finally springs, we look back at that season of dryness and say, oh, I see what you were doing there, God. <laughs> I see what you were up to. You were growing my trust in you. You were helping me let go of things that I, that I was reaching to and not clinging to you. God often uses seasons of spiritual drought to grow us in his direction. I kind of think of it like, like roots in dry soil, reaching deep for water. God uses seasons of spiritual dryness to grow us in his direction. And the psalmist, he's in a season of spiritual thirst. My soul is downcast within me, declares the psalmist. But the psalmist has a tactic. Watch this. The psalmist has an action to take that might aid him through this barren season. My soul is downcast within me, therefore, says the psalmist. Therefore, on account of, because of my downcast soul, therefore, I will remember you, says the psalmist. 
Lord, I might not feel you close to me in this moment. I might not know when the heaviness of this will lift, but I set my mind and my heart to remember all that you have done for me. I will remember you from the land of Jordan to the heights of Hermon, says the psalmist. It's almost like the psalmist is saying, I've set my mind to remember all that God has done for me from the valleys to the mountains, from the land to the heights. The psalmist in the midst of his spiritual thirst sets his mind to remember all that God has done for him and the people of Israel. And watch this. Following the psalmist's remembrance, there's suddenly a rush of water. Deep calls to deep in the roar of your waterfalls. All your waves and your breakers swept over me. When the psalmist resolves to remember his testimony, to remember God, there's suddenly a flood of water. Where there was once thirst for living water, now there's more water than he can handle. He's drinking out of a fire hose, and it sweeps over him. And we've got to make an interpretive decision here, biblical interpretators. Are we to see these waters as negative? When the psalmist sets his mind to remember, God suddenly pulls him back into violent torrents of misery again, tossed by waves of grief. Some people interpret this passage this way. Or can we interpret these waters as positive? Is God providing the psalmist with the nourishing waters he longs for? As the psalmist remembers all that God has done, does the goodness and the faithfulness of God all sort of come flooding back to him? Receiving a moment of nourishment, empowering him to move on? I think so. I think these waters are positive waters, and I think so for two reasons. The first is the repeated reference to your waters, your waterfalls, your waves. These waters are not waves of wrath or turmoil. These are God's waters, the very streams of living water that the psalmist has been thirsting for in verse 1. I'm thirst for you, the living God, and here's your waters. The second reason I think these waters are to be interpreted positively is because after the psalmist has been flooded with God's living water, the tone of the psalm takes a shift. The psalmist's downcast soul seems lifted a little as he proclaims, by day the Lord directs his love. At night his song is still with me, a prayer to the God of my life. And the psalmist who seemed to be standing on wobbly ground when this psalm begun now finds himself standing on God, my rock. I think these are good waters. In the midst of a season of spiritual thirst, God reminds the psalmist of all that God has done for him and for the people of God. As the psalmist remembers his testimony, as the psalmist remembers the goodness of God through the mountains and valleys past, he experiences a moment of refreshment, a moment of empowerment that helps him say with confidence, put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. In the midst of a season where God seems distant, the psalmist remembers the testimony of God in his life, and it stirs within him, perhaps even for a moment, hope. It stirs in him hope. I think that's a pretty good tactic, isn't it? In a season of spiritual dryness where it seems like God is distant, to look back at what God has done in our life, to look back at the testimony he has given us. And the truth is that no matter the distant that God may seem from us, 
God never leaves us or forsakes us. And even in a season of spiritual drought, when our, our souls feel empty and dry, we always have our testimony. We always have our God-given testimony, like the psalmist, where we can look back at the valleys and the mountains of our own lives, and we can say, God was faithful to me then. God was good to me then. Therefore, I know that in this moment, he'll be good to me now. I don't see it. I may not know when this moment will lift, but God was good to me then. He'll be good to me now, and he'll see me through this. We have our testimony. God will bring us through because that's what he's done in my life before. A lot of you knew Reverend Jim Versluce, who was a dear member of the Hardwick community here for many years. And in May, Jim went to be with his Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who Jim had served his whole life. But before Jim died, I had the privilege of being able to meet with him in his home. And it was very meaningful for me, being a young, aspiring pastor, to go and meet with Jim, this, this veteran minister with years of experience. But on one of my visits to Jim, by his own admission, his spirits were low. It's one thing to preach the promises of God to everybody else, he said. It's a little harder to preach them to myself lately. Jim's spirits were low. And we decided to read a piece of scripture together. And we both agreed on our text for this morning. Psalm 42. And as we unpacked the text together, it was Jim who pulled out that theme of remembrance. And in the midst of his low spirits like the psalmist, Jim began to look back to remember how God had been faithful to him. Jim began to share with me his testimony. And he voiced with joy how God had brought his wife May into his life, sustaining them for 60 long, fruitful years of marriage. He celebrated how God in his goodness had blessed him with three beautiful children and a village of grandchildren and great-grandchildren. And as he remembered the goodness of God in his life, his face and his voice became more animated and enlivened. And he shared with me how through 33 hard years of serving Jesus from Michigan to Colorado and back to Michigan again, that all the way upon those 33 years of that journey, God had not failed him once. God had been good and faithful to Jim. And as Jim remembered the faithfulness and the goodness of God, you know what? His spirit seemed a little higher. Yes, he said to me, put your hope in Jesus, Pastor Luke, and you'll be all right. Wisdom from one who knows. Thank you, Jim. There are seasons on the journey of faith when our souls thirst for refreshment. When God seems distant, when his presence seems far. But as we look back... God reminds us of great is thy faithfulness, O God, my Father. And he floods us with his hope and with the ability to press on in him by his strength, by his goodness, by his faithfulness, and by his love. And may God help us remember most of all the promise of Jesus, that we will never be left spiritually parched, that ultimately, 
Whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst, says Jesus. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water, welling up to eternal life. Let it be so. Let it be so. Will you pray with me? Lord, we thank you that you're a good and gracious Father. Lord, we thank you that all those who know you celebrate the testimony of what you've done in our lives, how you lifted us up out of the mud and the mire and you set our feet on a solid rock. Lord, we thank you for your goodness and your faithfulness and your grace in our lives. Lord, I pray as we remember all the good that you have done in our lives, that your, your spirit like water would flood into our lives more and more. Refresh us this day by the power of your spirit. And in the name of Jesus, we pray. And all God's people said, amen. I love you, Lord. Oh, your mercy never fails me. All my days have been held in your hands. From the moment that I wake up until I lay my head, I will sing of the goodness of God. All my life you have been faithful All my life you have been so, so good With every breath that I am able Oh, I will sing of the goodness of God I love your voice close like no other I've known you as a father I've known you as a friend and I have lived in the goodness of God and all my life you have been faithful and all my life you have been so so good with every breath that I am able and I will sing of the goodness of God oh your goodness is running after it's running after me oh your goodness is running after it's running after me with my life laid down, I surrender now. I give you everything. Your goodness is running after, it's running after me. Goodness of 
goodness of God. Well, friends, whether you find yourself in season or out of season today, know the promise of God that you are never alone. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be and remain with you always. And all God's people said, Amen. Go in peace.